0: Learn more online at mediamakingchange.org. I'm Carly Meisberger. Today, we're talking murals and trains with Kate Merrill, the executive director of the Central Eastside Industrial Council.
1: This is Phil Busse, it's the nonprofit Happy Hour on X-Ray FM. I am joined uh, with Kate Merrill, who is the executive director for CEIC, which is Central Eastside Industrial Council. And now the name itself kind of explains itself, but could you give us a flyover of the what what geography do you lord over?
2: Yes, uh, we are from the Willamette River to southeast 12th and then Powell to ID4. So that's actually for a business association. That's a really big swath of land. There's the downtown.
1: It's a very interesting swath of land too.
2: Mm-hmm. It actually, our business association was created in 1979 to preserve this area as an industrial sanctuary, and um, that meaning that we are that was funded to um, really protect the area to keep more manufacturing and family wage jobs in the area through zoning. So, um, of course, that has changed over time, and you've seen Central East Side change quite a bit. Um, the city's twenty thirty five plan has also changed it. So we're going to have a lot more density in the area, and it really is going to continue to be a job center um, focused with manufacturing and distribution, but then also all a lot of other new industries that are coming in.
1: So that's a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, so this is six hundred, almost seven hundred acres of land. I mean, it, it is um, a quintessential section of Portland.
2: It is,
1: um, and so. What was going on? I want, let's start at the, let's start at the origin story. What was going on in the late seventies that it felt like there was a threat to the area? And, uh, is that even relevant to talk about anymore?
2: Well, it's changed over time. I, I guess I'd even go further back to, uh, the turn of the century, uh, central East side, um, was one of the largest uh, produce ports on um, in northwest and so wh- after produce that came produce row a lot of the italian families actually i had a, a family that was uh, involved in in produce row way back when as well so um it it evolved um and the um really actually the city of portland even there there is a lack of industrial zone land and so i think that our policymakers really had the foresight to say hey let's start um really preserving industrial land so that we can have manufacturing and those are great middle wage jobs they it actually um, manufacturing helps close the gap between the well the wage gaps that we have now. So um, we still really um, encourage that side of things, manufacturing in our area.
1: I mean, and we're going to get to this later in the interview because I find it so interesting that, that you are leading the organization in, in that um, it's not like you came up through the unions. <laughs> um, you, you, your background is more uh, in the arts. And I don't, want to, I, I don't want to jump ahead of the story too far here, um, but I just find that really interesting that uh, you are executive director for a nonprofit that is meant to preserve an, an industrial area.
2: Hmm. Well, um, gosh, my background, I have a master's in public art from the Sorbonne. Um, so i lived over in France for about eight years and worked on international festivals and projects there. Um, Came over and worked for um, the Portland Institute for Contemporary Art. And we actually did a lot of productions in the Central East Side. Um, And then my family has a retail store in the Central East Side, Cargo. And that's how I started getting involved is just um, when my family um, became part investor in the building that they're in. Um, We were looking at the area and wanting to promote more uh, foot traffic and just get more synergy between some of the retail businesses and restaurants in the area. And um, our first project actually was through our Merchants and Makers Committee, um, which is the Portland Night Market actually came out of that. And as you know, that has become a really, really successful event. And um, the Paulette family, um, City Liquidators, does a great job with that now. Um, So uh, from then, I think uh, one of my passions is public art. And I've been able to incorporate that. We were talking a little bit about murals uh, earlier and this area, the Central East Side. Um, has always been a hub for artists and I even had a, a band in the 90s here when everybody had a band um, and had my practice space there. I spent a, a lot of time at Montage as well so um, it brings back really good memories um, and my uh, hope is for with the arts especially uh, you know we're seeing a lot of um, you know some gentrification happening in the area it's harder for artists to access space um so my hope with the murals program is that we continue to give artists a voice in the in the district and um make make art accessible to all
1: yeah let's 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 um let's focus on murals for a little bit um one because that area of town really is having this this renaissance is it's not quite the right word but is having just a real proliferation of murals and and then more specifically because uh central East Side industrial council is supporting that so let's talk about um how how is your organization supporting murals what is what is your role in that
2: yeah um well we actually uh started the first uh enhanced services district in 18 years Basically, uh, most other places call this a business improvement district. And um, it's a way for uh, property managers to come together and put funding towards um, programs that directly benefit the district. It's called enhanced because they're programs that go above and beyond uh, city services. So an example could is um, downtown clean and safe was the first ESD in Portland. So, through that program, we're actually doing um, uh, graffiti removal. Uh, We're cleaning the streets. Uh, We have a grants program. And um, so, our grants program has actually been able to directly support um, some mural work. Uh, We also received a grant um, to be able to commission a very large mural, which will go up um, under the Morrison Bridge next spring. And um, then through our graffiti program, we are very well aware that graffiti is always gonna come back. And one um, real great graffiti deterrent has actually been murals. Um, We work very closely with the Portland Street Art Alliance, Um, and we encourage a lot of our uh, building owners, especially as we're seeing the district grow, we're seeing that there's some buildings that are waiting to get developed. Uh, We encourage those uh, uh, building owners to really uh, consider investing in murals. Uh, It's a very vibrant uh, investment in the district. So,
1: Yeah, what what is it that murals do for for a district? I mean, in terms of Um, I'm assuming that your mandate is really economic development. Mm -hmm. And so you, you need to make the argument, uh, to your board or to whoever that, uh, this cultural development benefits economic development. Does that, does that seem like a reasonable connection?
2: Oh, a very reasonable connection. Um, well, it's interesting having done my, uh, studies in France is, culture for them is a whole industry and it actually makes them quite a lot of money and a lot of people brings a lot of tourists a lot of visitors so there's that side yeah i've, I've also, heard of paris yes you've heard of paris <laughs> <laughs> um But uh, the other side of it is also that we actually don't have many parks. And so what we have in mind is really encouraging um, employers to say, hey, this is a great amenity for employees, a great way to get people out walking in the district. And then also in this case of Portland Street Art Alliance, it's a great way uh, to get folks whose voices have, have uh, not been out there in the public to really give them a voice and uh, many of the artists that they work with um, are also well known street artists so
1: And I do you have a favorite mural in the district. I mean, I, I have to say, I've, uh, there's there's a mural of the woman uh, on about division and ninth or 10th and mm-hmm. um
2: the the solterra building yeah that's amazing
1: right and so she has uh potted plants for hair <laughs> and it's it's a truly remarkable i mean three-dimensional uh growing living mural
2: yeah you know i love the um just how monumental that mural is and how um I just optimistic it is and just it's such a big part of that building, too. Um, and I, you know, I'm also inspired by uh, Kevin Cavanaugh's buildings. Um, he's the one that just made the building with the big planters um, right next to the Morrison Bridge that has the flowers all over it. He also did the Fairhead Dumbbell Building, which is right at the base of the Burnside Bridge. So it's really incorporating... Um, a lot of the artistic elements into the design of the building. So I really love those.
1: Um, Let's take a quick music break. And now I know you have uh, an extensive interest in music. Um, So we're going to ask you just to pick one song for us though.
2: Oh boy. Um, I have been uh, listening to uh, actually a friend of mine, her name's Fatumata Diawara. And she's a friend of mine in Paris. And she's an incredible uh, uh, world music singer, and she has recently come out with this track.
1: Is the nonprofit happy hour on XFM. I'm Phil Bussey. I'm talking with Kate Merrill, who is executive director for Central Eastside Industrial Council, uh, which which over which which uh, helps with a large section of the city, I eighty four to Powell, going north to south, and then the river to Southeast twelfth. Um, there's so much going on there. Before the music break, we were talking about the, the trains, which obviously go through, and I think people's interaction with that is there's, I mean, there's a romanticism. There's probably been a lot of rock album photograph covers taken there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also frustration. Uh, and I think that sometimes um, people's workday is, is uh, uh, comes across or is interfered or delayed by the trains. And that can be one way that people interact. I wanna also talk about uh, some of the other issues that Central East Side Industrial Council, I assume would have to deal with. Um, you guys are at the waterfront, and, and it's become a real spot for houseless encampments, as well as other, other under the bridges, uh, the Morrison and, and the Hawthorne. How would that, how does that involve your organization? Um, what, 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 what responsibility does the Industrial Council have for that?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, you're seeing it all throughout the city of Portland right now. It really, truly is a crisis. And one of the things I think a lot of people don't know is that with COVID, um, we are now seeing projections of potentially, uh, nationally, a 40% increase in homelessness. So this is something that we're all going to need to get educated on. And I um, that has been a big, big part of my job is just even getting educated on this and getting also our membership and all of our district stakeholders aware of it. Um, So when I talked earlier about um, this enhanced services district that we started a way of um, district stakeholders to contribute directly to services in the district that go beyond, above and beyond city services. We have um, cleaning teams. So we have contracted with Central City Concern and they have a group that goes out and actually takes a lot of the daily trash um, from people who are camping in the area. Um, they have to be in blue bags. They do not ever move any camps or ever take any personal items from individuals. Uh, and the people participating in that program are going through a training program where they are housed during the time that it's a six month program. They're housed during that time. Um, and then it helps um, transition them to uh, a union wage job. So uh, we've had 15 graduate, graduates go through um, just in this past year. Um, and then we have a safety program um, where we uh, actually pair uh, our safety ambassadors uh, with an outreach team and they go out and uh, talk with our houseless um, uh, community about um, different services, try to get them connected um, to housing. Um, During COVID, we actually um, were helping the county um, distribute hygiene kits um getting out little flyers to them that was making them aware of the covid crisis uh, we've distributed in ninety five masks um, and then we also distribute about fifty meals a day uh, because a lot of the indoor um, soup kitchens have closed so a lot there we're doing and you a, lot. Have a
1: really interesting job <laughs> um, just it's it seems like from from uh, supporting and, and helping with, with uh, houseless populations and uh, negotiating with, with trains uh, and supporting businesses and, and keeping an indi- uh, a, a section urban chic. Um, what does a typical day look like for you?
2: Oh wow! Um, well, the call I just got off before this um, was with our Merchants and Makers Committee. So we talk about how to stimulate uh, uh, local business, retail, and restaurants during this time. Um, and then I'll get uh, individual emails from business owners, maybe complaining about something that's you know outside of their doorway that they need cleaned. Um, yeah, I, I have uh, regular meetings with uh, officials from Multnomah County, from and Metro, from um, uh, City of Portland. We actually, yesterday, I was joining the Trash Coalition. There's actually a city trash coalition where we like to talk trash. Uh, so <laughs> it, it's really diverse. I never ever thought that I uh, would have such a, a, a an incredible job, actually. It's a, a little microcosm of Portland.
1: Um, do you, does it feel like it's a political job?
2: Oh, definitely, it's a political job. Yes, um, and uh, I, you know, I guess if I, we talk politics, uh, I just like to be very uh, straightforward. I'm not a very good poker player, so I have nothing really to hide, and just like to uh, be very uh, forthcoming and and just work with people and get roll up our sleeves and get working.
1: Do you feel competitive with other sections of the city?
2: Ooh, you know, <laughs> um, Central East Side, it's interesting. It's in all the history of the Central East Side that we've been kind of the, the, the stepchild to uh, downtown Portland. But I do not feel uh, competitive. I actually think uh, when somebody comes to visit our, our city, um that they probably don't know the difference between central east side and downtown so it's in everybody's best interest to work together
1: uh that was a very uh diplomatic answer <laughs> <laughs> i want i want to round out our conversation with um you know there's obviously some very pressing issues uh this year um you know i mean even just looking at your website it is of people gathered uh and, and at a social event and. And you know some of your background is is certainly bringing people together. Um, how 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 does COVID come up in the conversations uh, you are having with the with the businesses, and, and what can you do as an organization? uh to, to support businesses through this period of time. I know that's a, that's a huge question. Yeah.
2: well anyway, 30
1: seconds or less please. Yeah it's on
2: all <laughs> levels. But I guess where I would really like to focus is maybe where some of your listeners can help. And that is um really when they're thinking of the holiday season to shop local. It's amazing um for every hundred dollars when you shop local of that actually goes into that secondary um, local spending. So that's pretty amazing compared to, you know, say shopping like uh, Amazon where that might be maybe $19. So you're really, when you are shopping local, you are investing um, in your local businesses and you're making sure that when you go back to work there, they'll still be there. so we are actually working a lot with a group called Bricks Need Mortar, which is um, w- working with many retailers and restaurants from all around the city, um, helping from anything from negotiating leases to um, uh, helping them with their bankruptcy. You know, it's 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 a really really hard time. So that I, that is one thing that we're really working on. Um, and I work with Prosper Portland a bit as well, just on, um, tenant, tenant and landlord issues. Um, but we, I, I think, uh, just the crux for if there's something to take away from today for people, it's that when you spend your money at your local store, it, it really stays in Portland and it makes the difference. So please shop local.
1: And, and, and I would also, I mean, one pitch also for Central East Side is, as I thought about uh, this interview with you, is I was realizing how many good restaurants there are. I, I think it's an easy district to overlook because, I mean, just even in the name of your organization, I mean the Industrial Council, but like there's so many great restaurants in that uh, district from I-84 to Powell and the River to Southeast Twelve. The surprising number.
2: Well, I think that's where I, we are going to have a real advantage coming out of this crisis is the amount of innovation in the Central East Side. So not only do we have amazing restaurants, but we have amazing food manufacturers. Um, we have a lot of really cool uh, groups like Beeline Bikes. They do um, urban distribution Um, we are, are going to be home to the green loop, which will be, which will go along, um, 6th Avenue in our area. If you're not familiar with the green loop, it's the, it's going to be a pedestrian and bike corridor that is, it goes in a loop around the city. So it will go into the Lloyd area and downtown, and then it'll go on 6th Avenue in our area, um, past Domsey. So we actually have some really great things that are in our future, Um, We uh, have a huge biotech uh, campus that's going to be coming in, 350,000 square feet of biotech. Apple is also bringing their offices. Um, We we don't know exactly. It's a little top secret which division, but um, that's coming in the area. And then we have some really amazing um, designers as well, like Autodesk. They do all of the 3D design for um, AutoCAD. Uh, so it's um, i I do think that that kind of innovation from um, our restaurants to our artists to uh, the tech um, that will keep us that diversity and and the innovation will keep us going forward.
1: Kate Merrill is the executive director for Central East Side Industrial Council. Thank you for talking with us today there 's just so much that sounds like it 's percolating in in that district um, and it's and it 's nice to hear I think at a time where people are feeling. Uh, burdened or concerned to hear that optimism that you just uh, ended our conversation with.
2: Well, thank you. Thanks for inviting me.
0: The Nonprofit Happy Hour is made possible by Beneficial State Bank, a certified B Corps that holds to what it calls a triple bottom line of social justice, environmental well-being, and economic sustainability. If your organization or business is interested in underwriting our show, please email phil at mediamakingchange.org. The Nonprofit Happy Hour is a production of the Media Institute for Social Change and KXRY Radio, X-Ray FM. Our host is Phil Bussey. Our executive producer and editor is me, Carly Meisberger. Archives of past shows can be found on our SoundCloud page, Questions, comments, or ideas about the show can be sent to info at mediamakingchange.org. Thanks for tuning in.